Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. So we are going to start to, tomorrow morning. You're going to get emails. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on our website. But you're going to have health hacks. How many know what hacks are? How many know what a hack is? It's when you're playing hockey and a guy goes by and you whack him with your stick. That's a hack. Amen? How many of you, when you played hockey, how many guys, girls played hockey? You played hockey? Were you a hacker, Glenn? Bit of a hack. You're a bit of a <laughs> You're probably one of those bruiser defensemen who stay away from my goalie. Too slow. There you go. There you go. That makes sense to me. Absolutely. But it's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about those hacks. Hacks are tips. Hacks means tips or, or, or truths or things that can help you. So we want to get into health tips, health hacks. We want to break the word of God. And we want to baptize Impact Church with a revelation of healing. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. Thank you very much. So, so we want to get that. So we're going to spend four Sundays, if you don't mind, we're going to spend four Sundays talking about healing and health. How many think that's a good idea? Yes. Well, that's what we're going to do. And then tomorrow morning, you're going to, if, you were, if you're on our email list, you're going to get an email with an attachment and a video. And if you don't get one, go to our Facebook or go to our website. And there's going to be teaching every day. Every day you're going to get a new teaching about health and healing for 21 days. And they say, you know who they are. They say, they say that if you can get something for 21 days, if you can focus on, if you can focus your mind and fix yourself and your attention for 21 days straight on something, you can begin to own that truth. So we're on purpose going to get you to own healing where it's not some random act that, wow, that was so good. You know, God finally showed up for me in healing. We're going to get you in a place of healing and divine health where it's your expectation to walk in the life of God. These are actual, actual, actual sentences that are found actual, actual, real, truthfully actual sentence found on patient's hospital charts. Patient has chest pain if she lies on her left side for over a year. When she fainted, her eyes rolled around the room. Come on, that was funny. Give yourself a break. That was good. I see the eyes. Wow, okay. Patient has two teenage children, but no other abnormalities. <laughs> wow, tough crowd. Okay. This was written on the uh, chart after knee surgery. On the second day, the knee was better. On the third day, it disappeared. <laughs> Don't want to go to that hospital. That was rough. Huh? She is numb from her toes on down. Did you hear that? You know what that means? Madeline is back in the house. That is so good right there. That, see, that, I've missed that so much. Patient suffers from occasional constant and infrequent headaches. Patient was alert and unresponsive. The patient was to have a bowel resection. However, he took a job as a stockbroker instead. 
true story. Let me, let me read that one again because that was good. I don't know why, but the patient was to have a bowel resection. However, he took a job as a stockbroker instead. There's something connected with that. I don't know what it is. But <laughs> the patient refused an autopsy. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind, I'll pass on that. All right, number 10. This is it. Let's go stop here. So discharge status, discharge status on the chart. Alive, but without my permission. Yeah, I've just got to tell you, that was the last one. So let me do it again, just because some of your laughter is broken. It's the discharge status. Doctor said, alive, but without my permission. <laughs> Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right, health hacks. We're going to get into health hacks. Are you ready? Here we go. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures today. It's hard laying a foundation for this. Four, only four weeks to preach on healing is not enough, but we're going to go. We're going to do it. You ready? Jesus didn't come just to give you eternal life. He came to give us victorious life right now. The purpose of God wasn't to get you to heaven. The purpose of God was to get heaven to you right now. The purpose of God was to flood you with his kingdom right now. The purpose was God wanted to get heaven into you, make you a living, breathing container, a big, massive manifestation of the goodness of God right now. Well, we'll all be healed when we get to heaven, Pastor. No, you're all healed now. Right now. I mean, healing is yours. It's yours right now. It's your legal right as a believer to live in it, walk in it, and be a big dispenser of it. It's not something we get in the sweet by and by. It's something that God has brought about right now. It's our covenant right to live and walk in health and healing. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now, may God, the God of peace himself, sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord. Not created blameless when he comes, but before he comes, may you be sanctified, set apart, body, soul, and spirit, fully radiating and manifesting the shalom, the full peace of God, God himself, the God of peace, manifesting in and through your life, the fullness of the beautiful finished work of the cross. Amen. So it's a victorious life, not just eternal, and it is eternal. I mean, death can never touch you, never affect you. You are full and flooded with eternal life. The minute physical death may touch you, you're going to breathe a heavenly breath and your eyes will be open to living in his presence. Death is vanquished and defeated. But in this life, you should close your eyes full of life and health. It says, Job said, I shall go to the grave in full vigor. When I die, I'm not going to die because I'm weak and decrepit. I'm going to die because God says it's time and I'm going to step into eternity. Bam. Just for fun, just threw that in, just for fun. Third John 1, 2, I love this. Beloved, I pray. And this is the Apostle John, the beloved Apostle. And it is him speaking to the saints, but it's him inspired by the Holy Ghost, declaring and breathing out the purpose of God. What is the purpose of God? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as and even as your soul prospers. Your soul does prosper. Sometimes you need your soul to align. Sometimes your body is not manifesting what your spirit already knows because your mind needs to catch up. Your spirit already knows you're absolutely free and made alive and totally full of life and health. But sometimes your mind, your soul, it has to catch up to that realm so your body can experience the manifestation of what your spirit has already engaged. 
Amen. But it's the will of God. It's his purpose for you. It really, really is. Exodus 15, 26. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Now you have to understand this is the law. So in the old covenant, if you obeyed the law, you got the blessing. In the new covenant, you get the blessing. So you say, thank you, Jesus. In the new covenant, you get the blessing and the blessing of God, the spirit of God, the new heart, the new spirit in you allows you and enables you to obey the law. But in the new covenant, you get the blessing, then you obey. In the old covenant, you obey and then you get the blessing. But in the new covenant, Jesus obeyed and I step into Christ and I literally step into the obedience of Christ. And because of the obedience of Christ, I am a benefactor or a benefitter of the, and a benefactor, but I'm a benefitor of Every single blessing that God promised me. He became the curse so that I could have all the blessings. So my behavior does not disqualify me from my relationship with God or from the benefits of God. My behavior can be bad, but it doesn't mean I'm no longer a saint living in the full benefits of heaven. If I go roll in a mud puddle, it doesn't make me a pig. It makes me stupid, but I'm still Carl. Carl, why are you rolling in the mud? That's a pig. Your nature's not a pig. Your nature is a child of God, a saint of God, made holy by God himself. What's amazing is a saint of God, a most holy person, created in God, in Christ, that can still do stupid things, but they don't become unholy. But an unholy person can do holy things, and they don't become holy. You are a child of God, and nothing can change that. You can fall in the mud, but the mud will not disqualify you. God said, I've seen your willful ways, yet I will heal you. Because you're in a covenant of life and health. Now, sin has absolute power to affect your life if you don't deal with it. But he dealt with it, so the power of sin has been removed. And what is the power of sin? The power of sin is the law. Now, if you continue behaving in bad ways, it's not that God will cause a problem or anybody else will cause a problem. The sin itself will cause a problem in your life. No other thing. If you stay in the mud puddle, you will stay dirty. Not because God doesn't like you, but because you have successfully jumped in a mud puddle and for some dumb reason enjoyed it. Okay, that was, that was a lot of stuff right there. I hope you got it. But a lot of people think, oh, if I could get out of the mud, God would touch me. God's already touched you. You don't have to be in the mud. And the fact that you're muddy has not changed your relationship with God. It's just changed how you look and how you're behaving. But you don't have to. You have successfully behaved outside of the nature of who you are. You've successfully manifest something that is not in the nature of who you are as a child of God. It's possible for a child of God to behave like a not a child of God, but it doesn't make them not a child of God. Thank you for three people who have correct theology. All right. If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, and see, the amazing thing is, is that in the new covenant, Jesus fulfilled every single responsibility that the law placed on us. And now because of his grace, we have been enabled and empowered to behave right, not because of, of external behavior, but because of an eternal power, internal power source of God himself working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Who's at work in you? God is at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. But here's what it says in Exodus. He told them they had a covenant of healing. They had a covenant of healing. And he said, for I am the Lord who heals you. Exodus 23, 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and bless your water and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Now, all of those promises are good. So when you read the Old Testament, when you look at the promises, you can just say, thank you, Jesus, they're mine in Christ. And you can embrace every one. The devil will try to go, not yours because you didn't fulfill the commandments. But I can say they are mine because Jesus fulfilled the whole law. 
And I'm not under the law now, I'm under the grace of Christ. And therefore, because he finished and he completed everything, I just have to say, everything is mine and it's yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Well, then let's just go sin and be creepy and crazy. No, because sin will affect you. Sin itself will mess you up. You don't have to sin. You're free from sin. It won't wreck your relationship with God. But if you continue in some stupid processes of sin, sin itself, sin in itself has the power to harm you. But it's not God harming you and it's not harming your relationship with him. But, and what it does do though is sin wrecks your head. It wrecks who you are. And if you continue in sin, sin separates you from God, not because he has left you, but because you yourself, the sin, the power of that sin creeps you out and makes you think it distorts your whole mindset and it cripples you from having a relationship with God. But God's sitting there going, hello, come here. I'm really messy. Come here. I know you're old in the mud. Don't worry about it. I love you. Come here. Let me clean you up. He's not mad at you. He's not upset with you. We become enemies in our mind, not enemies in reality, not enemies in relationship, but enemies in our head. And that's what happens. And the enemy loves to crawl in there and say, you've blown it now. I don't even think you're saved. You're, you're miserable. You're going to get sick and die. And you say, no, I shall live and not die. I have a covenant of life and health. I don't deserve it, I know. I know that I'm not worthy in anything I've done, I know. But he has declared me worthy. He brought me in. He qualified me, and I say yes and amen. And it's all about the finished work. That's why I love that song. Lay hold of the rhythms of the grace of God. He's a good, good God. All right. Deuteronomy 7, 15, he says, and the Lord will take away from you all sickness. Psalm 103, 3. I love that. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits because he forgives all your sins and he heals all your diseases. Say all. all. I looked up all in the dictionary. You know what it means? It really does. It means all. It's pretty amazing. So that means all your diseases. He forgives your sins. He heals all your diseases. Now, these are linked together in the Bible because these are linked together in the atonement. How many believe your sins are forgiven? How many don't believe your sins are forgiven? Well, all my sins are forgiven except the one I had just now. I think you're crazy. <laughs> and now I thought that. I must be bad. I got to repent of that. No, you know what? Sin, past, present, and future, you don't have a sin issue with God anymore. You're free. All right? So how many believe your sins are forgiven? How many believe you are absolutely condemned to a life of divine health and healing? I hope every one of you put your hands up because it's absolutely true because the same thing, the same thing that gives you boldness to say my sins are forgiven is the same thing that should give you equal boldness to say I am healed and healthy. And I'm, that's done not because I've behaved myself or done anything to deserve it. It's done because God is my healer. He has commanded that I walk in health and I walk in life. So if you can say, come up here, do you know Jesus? No, let me introduce you to Jesus and your sins will be forgiven. In Jesus' name, accept Jesus, boom, your sins are forgiven. I can declare to you right now, your sins are forgiven. You were born from God, born from above, child of God, child of his house. Praise Jesus. And then we all believe that with all our hearts. That person is a believer. They're a part of the kingdom. It's the exact same process to get you healed. You're sick. Come here. Let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command sickness to leave your body. Because of the finished work of Christ, you have a right to divine health. I command you to be well now in Jesus' name. Boom. We should have the same absolute expectation that you're completely, totally healthy.
the same absolute confidence that that will manifest. Should, 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 should. Luke 4, 16 to 21, Jesus, I mean, he came and here he was, he was just the carpenter's son, you know, and then he stands up and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, open deaf ears, open blind eyes, heal the lame, touch them, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who are captives, to cause recovery of sight, liberty to those who are oppressed, and then he said, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. This scripture about a Messiah who would come and bring these benefits to the people of God through God himself invading your situation. Now, God is going to take responsibility for all of his promises to be fulfilled in your life. That wonderful good day of jubilee and freedom, Jesus said, I'm the guy, today I announce, it's here. So good. So today, folks, today, today is still the day where the blessing of God, the healing of God, and the scripture is fulfilled regarding the Messiah. Luke, uh, sorry, let's go Matthew chapter 4, 23, 24. He went out preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of diseases. Say all. All kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. They brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them all. He healed everybody. He healed everybody. Don't you wish Jesus was here so he could heal everybody? See, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. But Jesus, if you go away, who's going to heal everybody? If you go away, who are we going to take our sick people to? Well, I'm going to put the same spirit that's in me, the same anointing I'm walking on, that same spirit that announces freedom, I'm going to put it in you. And then, you know what? You're not going to only do what I did, but greater works than these shall you do. So you know what? Thank God. See, if Jesus was here, he would only be at Impact Church on Sunday instead of other churches. That would be sad for everybody else because <laughs> he'd be local. But Jesus is saying, you know what? No longer am I confined to a body. Instead of being in this body, I now have transferred my spirit to this body. And so now I can fill the whole earth with myself and with my anointing. So you're it. It's your turn. Turn your neighbor and say, it's your turn. It's your turn. Good, good, good. Where are we going to go? Going to go to you. Going to go to you. All right, so Isaiah chapter 53, a messianic prophecy about Jesus. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely, say surely. surely. I'm telling you, surely, you know what that means? It means absolutely. I mean, he put that in there to say, I'm telling, absolutely, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, surely. I'm not just going to say he bore our griefs. And our surely he has done it. I mean, absolutely he has done it. I mean, with great confidence, I'm going to tell you, he did it. What did he do? He bore our griefs. He amplified our sicknesses, our weaks, and our distresses. He carried our sorrows, our pains, the punishment. He, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken and smitten and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. I mean, we thought, wow, did he deserve that? Go give me another slide. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement needful for us to have shalom, peace, well-being for us was upon him. And with his streeps, with the streeps, with the streeps, hallelujah. Glory to God. With the streeps, we are healed. I wonder if you say it wrong if the healing still comes. Oh, you didn't say stripes, Pastor. We almost had a miracle, but you said streeps instead of stripes. And with his streeps, and with his stripes that he was wounded with, with him, he, with that, he, we are healed and we are made whole. Can I get a hallelujah? That was a messianic prophecy about Jesus. When Jesus came, he did it. It is done. It is finished. Healing, freedom from all sickness and all disease is ours right now in Jesus' name. Well, only if we fulfill the proper principles and we do enough charismatic headstands and then we get the environment just right and then, boop, 
there it is. It's ours because of the finished work of the cross. You can't add anything to it. You can't even make it any better. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. If you add anything else to it, it says you make the whole thing devoid of power. Only believe, only believe. Matthew chapter 8, 16 and 17. When the evening had come, they brought him and many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick. Why? That it might be fulfilled what was said in Isaiah. See, Jesus knew that I got to fulfill that word that was prophesied. The word we just read in Isaiah. Jesus said, I got to fulfill the word that was, it's going to be prophesied that I'm going to remove disease and heal all the sick. So Jesus had to do it. And so he did this so that it might be fulfilled which was spoken in Isaiah, the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. First Peter 2, 24, him, who, him, Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Say sins. He bore our sins. I wasn't even alive back then. I hadn't even committed a sin. What do you mean? How did he take my sins? It's amazing. 2,000 years ago, before you were even alive, before you even sinned, God took care of your sin. Is that so hard to believe that he also covered the one you're gonna do tomorrow? I don't know. Such a sin consciousness in the body of Christ. We're so focused on our failure, so focused on our inability, instead of being focused on his ability, his finished work, and his gracious gift of life to us. He healed us that he might fulfill what was said in Isaiah. He took us. First Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sin in the body on the tree that we having died to sin. See, when we baptize people here, see, we're not talking about just that Jesus died. We died. The old man of sin done, gone, done away with. I did away with him. He is dead. I'm not battling with him every day trying to, I'm crucifying my flesh again. Hallelujah. No, I was crucified with Christ. I died. When I celebrate the cross, I celebrate the fact that I died back then. I died. Me, I died on that cross. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the power and in faith in and with the faith of the Son of God. That's a powerful thing. But the devil wants you to get staring at your belly button, thinking that somehow by your own performance, you can qualify for something greater, which is rubbish. If you try to add anything to the cross, the Bible says you try to add anything to the finished work of the cross, you devalue it and you devoid it of power. And it becomes religious and it becomes works. But people like works. I like trying to show God, I deserve your blessing. Well, good luck with that. Truth is, he give it to you. He give it to you. Because he's good and because he loves you. He give it to you. He give it and he give it and he give it again. Yea, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Luke 4.40, while the sun was setting, all those that were sick with various diseases, they brought them to him. He laid his hands on them, and every one of them, and he healed them. Say Hallelujah. All right, there are 1,257 narrative verses in the Gospels. 483 of those verses are devoted to describing healing miracles. There's 12,257 narrative verses in the Gospels. 484 of the narrative verses in the Gospels are devoted to describing healing miracles. That's 38.5% of the narrative verses are about people being healed. And yet 1% of the sermons, sometimes no percent of the sermons, do we ever talk about healing. If we did our teaching based on the percentage of it found in the New Testament, we would have to almost 40% of the time teach on four out of 10 sermons should be, God is your healer. Health is your legal right. 
And yet we have churches that never teach on it because they don't believe it's for today. Well, maybe the Lord is teaching you something. Oh, thank you. The Lord gave me cancer so I could learn something. If that's what your teacher is telling you, then he is representing a twisted God. God said, oh, you guys are evil fathers, right? But you know how to give bread to your children, right? He said, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good things to his kids? He doesn't give bad things to his people. I want to get close to God, don't you? I'm going to go stand in front of a via rail train, just so, oh, wow. And then if, if sickness is the will of God for you, why do you go to a hospital? Why do you take medication? If sickness is the will of God, you are revolting against the purpose of God in your life by going to the hospital and seeking by any other means that you be free from the affliction, you are opposing the will of God in your life. And yet all those people who say healing isn't God's will, they want you to get healed. And then they'll pray silly prayers like, well, if it's God's will, I pray that you be healed. It is God's will to heal you. Say it, just say it. It's God's will to heal me and free everyone of sickness and disease. That's God's will. Amen. I'll tell you, there are most churches that would never get said. In fact, you go talk to some of your friends, they'll say, well, that's extreme. People who teach that, you know, what do you do when you pray for people and they die? You say, that was evil. That wasn't God's will keep on praying I've prayed for 10 people I've seen 3 out of 10 healed well don't ever do that again what about the 7 who didn't get healed how terrible they must feel what about the 3 who got healed and do I want to get 4 out of 10 yes and do I want to get 5 out of 10 yes I want to get to the place where we're 10 out of 10 but you know Jesus was getting no results Jesus in his own hometown could only heal a few sick people. The greatest anointing the world has ever seen. The one who was preached about and declared in prophecy, he will remove sin from you and sickness from you. He'll deliver you from it. That one who was prophesied could do that. He couldn't do it in his own hometown because of unbelief. Now here's what's so amazing. God who is all-powerful, omnipotent, powerful God, and omnipotent. <laughs> Almighty God can be stopped by puny you. Almighty God can be hindered by little puny you. Little puny you can manifest unbelief and you can block a move of God. That blows my mind. And yet there's Jesus. I mean, man, I tell you, if he did a meeting, when he did meetings and people came, they were all healed. And yet in his own hometown, he could not. Not that he wasn't able, not that something was wrong with his anointing, not that he made a bad table last week. The greatest anointing, the one who could shatter every yoke, could not shatter yokes and perform miracles because of unbelief of the familiarity that was in the hearts of people. And sometimes we get way too familiar with each other and we don't recognize and honor the fact that the anointing sitting next to you is the same anointing that Christ walked in and it's anointed to raise the dead and set the captives free and heal the sick. Oh, not our pastor. He's not that good. Wish we had a good one who could really bring the stuff. The same anointing that was on Christ is in me. That same anointing is in you. And if you dishonor somebody around you, then you're going to devoid them of the power to bless you. But it's not because they're not powerful. It's because you're, excuse me, stupid. <laughs> stupid is in the Bible. Check it out. Go do a Google search. I only say biblical words with my children. <laughs> 
Well, there, check, out, check it out. It's in there. All right. If you need me to find it for I'll email it to you later. <laughs> Just don't be that. Okay, that was good. There we go. Look at all that. Look at that. 38% of the time we should be preaching on healing. I'm doing really good. Did you look at the clock? Man, I thought it's getting late, but we're just getting started. Okay, it's good. All right. So, uh, Acts 9, chapter 33. Acts 9, chapter 33. Acts 9, 33 to 35. He had been bedridden for eight years. Say eight years. Where were you eight years ago? Think about eight years ago. Where were you eight years ago? Eight years ago, eight years ago, I was in my 40s. Oh, wow. That was so awesome, wasn't it? Eight years ago, some of you were teenagers. Eight years ago, some of you were actually still in public school. Eight years ago, eight years, eight years, this person was paralyzed. Eight years, and Peter said, here's what Peter said. It's, it's so beautiful. Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. How complicated is that? And let me talk about Peter for a minute. He was a bit of a messed up dude. Wasn't perfect by any means. In fact, Paul rebuked him openly in one meeting. He said, dude, you're pretending, you're playing games, stop it. Peter had problems. So if God could use Peter, I think he could use me. No, not me? Okay. I love it. Here's what Peter said. Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Arise, make your bed. Immediately he rose. And all who dwelt in, in Lydda and in Sharon saw him and all. Two whole towns turned to Jesus because of one miracle. Roxanne, two years pain in her chest. Two years. Where were you two years ago? Two years. Two years ago, I was still in my 50s. Two years. You know how great that is to be free of a two-year affliction? This was eight years paralyzed, totally set free. Two whole cities turned to Jesus. Towns. Towns. Two whole towns turned to Jesus. Good stuff right there. All right, let's go, Pastor. So how do you get healed? You ready? How do you get healed? How do you get healed? I've already done this. I got ahead of myself. But you get healed the same way you get forgiven. It's so easy for us to believe that we could get somebody to pray a little prayer and they're forgiven, right? Look, all those people came to the altar and they're saved, born again, set free. We believe that. We believe that that person was born of God, brought into the kingdom. Well, that same thing, that same ease should be the understanding we have for seeing people healed and set free. The same way you got forgiven, he graciously provided it, you believed it, you received it. It's the same way you get healed. He's graciously provided it, you believe it, you receive it. Thank you, Jesus thing is we really do have a brain cramp we don't believe it's that easy and it's that brain cramp that literally hinders the flow of healing i actually like hanging around with wayne zimmer and taking him on mission trips with me because wayne just straight up he'll pray for everybody and anybody and wayne straight up believes that every person we lay hands on in the name of jesus will be healed well wayne how do you get those results what well it just says that we're packing we're carrying loose it freely receive freely give Hello! Thus ends the course. Go and do likewise. But a boom. But I still got more slides, so hang on. Okay. Go, let's go back to that one one more time. I love this verse. Come on. For by grace you have been saved through faith. The grace of God is all there. It's his unmerited, beautiful favor to bless you with every good thing. By grace you've been saved through faith. And by faith, I say, and only faith. Not by works, not by adding anything to it. It's, it has to be by faith because it's all grace. And because it's all grace, the only way to embrace it is faith, faith alone. And it says, by faith you receive it, not of yourselves. It is the gift of performance, the gift of being good, the gift of doing Holy Ghost push-ups and cartwheels. No, it's the gift of God. 
God decided to do it. What is the gift? What is saved? Sozo, rescued, saved from destruction, healed, restored to health. That's the grace of God for you. Absolute freedom, restoration, and blessing in every aspect of your life. It is a gift of God. And how do I get it? I believe you, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you. <sighs> okay, that's, that's how you get healed. Let's go on to my next slide. That's Matthew 10, verse 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely receive, freely give. So we also have a responsibility not just to walk in the revelation of it, but we have a responsibility to be dispensers of it. So it's not only that we should embrace the reality of healing, but we should give it away. We're commanded to give it away. What do believers do? Believers attack at the domain of the devil. They pick a fight everywhere where they see the kingdom of darkness in manifestation. And they say, that's darkness. I am light. I have come to invade darkness. Click. Boom. <laughs> You're free. Is it that easy? Can you flick a switch? It's that easy. Oh, I can't take it anymore. He's just making this way too simple. People are getting all messed up. The problem is we've made it complicated. We've all been given that responsibility. Give me another slide. Mark chapter 16, here it is. These signs will follow those who believe. Any believers here today? Do you believe? Are you a believer? Any other? Mike, you a believer? John, Pat, believers? Gordon, believe, any believers? Believers? Any believers here today? Okay, well, I'm an anointed man of God to be a pastor. And in our movement, I am an apostle. So I'm so much better than all of you people. It's amazing. When I step up, God, it's me. Everybody out of the way. It's Carl, the apostle. Excuse me. I don't have any more privilege than any of you. In fact, the Bible says the apostles are last in the parade. The apostles are foundations in the building. You know what happens to apostles? They get covered with dirt. If you get an apostle that's not covered with dirt, probably not an apostle because they're foundational ministries, people who serve, people who enable the body of Christ, who teach and train and equip. But here's what every believer should do. Every believer should lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's a believer's anointing. Every believer has the ability to manifest healing. So we've all got to do it, not just receive it, but we got to manifest it, walk in it and release it. I'm going to wrap it up now. You ready? Say wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right, here we go. Two encounters Jesus had. Two encounters. Two healing encounters that Jesus had. Number one is in John 15, 1 to 15. You can read along with me. I don't have it on the screen. So get out your Bible, your phone, your whatever it is you use. You can read this passage. Now, this is a healing encounter of Jesus. That Jesus initiated this encounter. Say, Jesus initiated this encounter. All right, here we go. You ready? John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? Jerusalem means double peace. Jerusalem means the teaching of peace. In the place of double peace, in the place of the teaching of peace, Jesus went because there was a festival. There was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went to the place of double peace, the teaching of peace. He went to a place, went by the sheep gate, a pool, and this pool is called the Pool of Bethesda. The 
pool of Bethesda is, Bethesda means the house of olives or the house of mercy. So here is Jesus. He's gone to the teaching, to the revelation, to the double power, the double anointing of shalom. He's in that place where there's double shalom, teaching shalom, revelation of shalom. And he's there at the pool in shalom where there is a manifestation of olives. Olives represent the anointing. Also, olives, this whole thing represents a house of mercy. What's mercy? Mercy is where you don't get, where you do get what you don't deserve. How many would like some mercy? If you don't even think you qualify for healing, God is a merciful God. You don't need to qualify because he's merciful and he delights in showing mercy. So he will give you even what you think you don't deserve because he's a God of mercy. So in the place of the double revelation of the shalom, the peace, the wholeness, the health of God, at the place of anointing, at the place of a revelation of mercy, there's a whole whack of sick people hanging around this pool. So Jesus walks in the midst of all of these sick folks. You ready? Walks in there. He goes in, and they're all there. The place had five porches, and in these lay a great multitude. Say great multitude. Didn't even say a group or a few folks or 30 or 40. It says a great multitude of sick people are hanging around at the place of shalom, at the place of health of blessing, at the revelation of the mercy of God. All kinds of sick people are laying there in their sickness. And there they were, and they were sitting there and laying there, and they were waiting. Say waiting. A great multitude of people, blind, lame, paralyzed, were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting for a former move, for a former revelation, for a former thing, for something they'd been told, for some fable, some story, something. They had their focus on some type of doctrine, some revelation, something that they'd heard about. They were all there. They were totally focused. A great multitude of people already in a place of peace and in mercy and great anointing. Those people were waiting. It's a picture of the body of Christ in the peace of God, in the realm of anointing and mercy, in the realm of the infinite, beautiful, gracious blessings of God, waiting for something else to be manifest. There's all kinds of people waiting. You're here waiting. You're waiting for your breakthrough. You're waiting for your healing. You're waiting for God to show up in your life. You're waiting because somebody told you, it's going to take time, or you know, maybe it'll take this, or you're waiting, because you don't have an expectation that right now, that 2,000 years ago, it was finished, and you can have it today. And Jesus walked into this place where they were all waiting for a manifestation of power to take place so they could get healed. Are you tracking with me a little bit? They're waiting, 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 waiting for the water to be moved. Now, this verse, verse 4, is not in... The late, most, most, the oldest and most accurate versions of Scripture that have been found, verse 4 is not in them. It's been added and was added later. doesn't really make a massive difference, but it was an addition. So for they were waiting for an angel to come down at a certain time into the pool and stir the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water, that person was made well of whatever disease he had. That verse actually not in the most original versions most accurate versions of the New Testament Greek. Just threw that out because you got to be authentic, right? But anyways, it's pretty clear that they believed that. So whether it was in it or not, it's understood or believed there was some story or some event or maybe one day something happened where an angel did manifest and people got healed. So they were all like going back to that place every day because he did it once before. Maybe he'll do it again. So you got a whole bunch of people looking 
and worshiping around a past experience, hoping that they'll get a current breakthrough. Do you see how troubling that is? And when you're focused on something like that, and you're focused, and your doctrine, your perspective, your, your understanding of who God is and his nature and what he's done for you, if it's twisted and distorted, you could be focused on something else to bring you the benefits that are yours in Christ. And there's a lot of people focused doctrinally and experientially in the wrong areas expecting that they're going to get a breakthrough because they went to the place where it happened. I remember I had an experience was, and that's so awesome, and I want to get back there. And if I could get back there, maybe I could get that touch again. And so you attach a present experience to some past performance of something that may have been wonderful then. But it wasn't that event that caused the fullness of God to flow towards your life. It's finished every single day. God's available every single day, no matter where you are or what you're doing. You have the life-giving flow of God always available to you. You don't have to be in a place where it just gets a certain way or just, ooh, we're just about there, ooh, ooh. And then the guitar player went, boink! Oh, we were just about in the anointing and they hit a wrong note. But sometimes I think people think like that. They think like, oh my goodness, you know, the, the anointing is fragile. You got to be real so sensitive. Whatever happened to God's a roaring lion and who gives a rip? Jehovah Gabor, the God who comes through the door and brings freedom and victory no matter what, because he's good and because he wants to do it. Get out of my way. I'm healing you today. Get out of my way. I'm healing you today. All right, hopefully you're tracking with me. Listen, so they're waiting. They're waiting for this. And, and then he goes down, and whoever stepped in first got the healing. Right? Only one healing per day, folks. So if you want it, come quickly. Whoever gets there first. That's what's going on here, all right? So uh, here they are. They're waiting. Now, verse 5, a certain man was there who had an infirmity. Listen to this. Now, he had an infirmity 38 years. Say 38. 38 years ago. Wow, what was I doing 38 years ago? Praise Jesus, I was still single. <laughs> that was a bad time in my life. Being married is much better. But I was. I was single back then. I was fit. You know, all my you know, stuff worked in my body. It was awesome. Well, doesn't it all work today? Yes, it does! Get out of my way! I'm healed in Jesus' name. 38 years ago, 38 years. Think about that. Think about this person now. This person was laying on a mat for 38 years. I don't, I hate the hospital. God bless them. I love everybody. We've got nurses and people who work there. But I don't want to go to the hospital for nothing. Ever. I just, I just do not like going to those places. You know, it's just awful. You get stuck in there and they prick you and prod you and do stuff. Like, it's so annoying. But here's a guy, 38 years he was on this mat. How many think that's a long time? Okay, all right, we got to move on. 38 years, he's waiting, 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 38 years. He was qualified. He was qualified. He was in the place of double blessing. He was in the place of mercy. He was in the place of the anointing, but he was looking for the wrong manifestation. In the place of blessing, and he was waiting in the place of blessing. 38 years he'd been waiting for this breakthrough. 38 years. So when Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew already that he'd been there and in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Now, if you know somebody who's been laying on a mat for 38 years, I think that's a reasonable question. 
Are you enjoying that? Is that did you want to live like that? Because you've been like that for 38 years. You're in the place of double blessing. You're in the place of shalom, double peace, the teaching revelation of it. You're here at the place. You positioned yourself in mercy and anointing. And I'm just wondering, because I know you've been in this condition for a long time. I'd like to ask you a question. Do you want to get well? I've had people that I've prayed for, and I say, there's an anointing to break you free and heal you today. And I said, do you want to get healed? Yes, yes, I do. And I just know, it's like, if I get healed, I'll have to get a job, and I'll, I'll lose my compensation and all that. So, yeah, I kind of, I'm not sure, actually. You know, if you were in India, you wouldn't have any compensation. You'd be pulling a mat and begging. When I go there, they want to get healed. Okay, I'm messing up a little there, just meddling a little bit. He was waiting for 38 years, and Jesus said, do you want to be made well? So Jesus confronted him. He confronted him. He confronted the sickness. So the sick man, listen how distorted the sick man was. This is how distorted his mindset was. Sir, I have no man. So the question is, do you want to get well? The answer is, I have no man. The question is, do you want to get well? The answer is, I have no man. The question is, do you want to get well? The answer is, is Benny Hinn coming to town soon? The question is, do you want to get well? Well, you know, my pastor's not very anointed. Sadly, our church has no power in it. I want to get well, but I hang around with people. I'm looking, 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 looking. I want to get well, but, 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 I want to get well, but I have no man. I have no man. It's everybody else's fault why I'm living like this. How are you doing? You just all seem so pensive right now. <laughs> you're okay? Tell me you're okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. So do you want to get what he said? I have no man. I have no man. So uh, right there, here's a guy who's deceived about the source and the availability of his hearing because he thinks that, you see, I don't have anybody, and, and if I try to drag myself to the place of healing, somebody gets there first, and... <laughs> They got the healing that day. And there's people, I think, that they think healing is a lottery, that every once in a while, if you're lucky, you know, and a healing evangelist comes down, every once in a while, if you just hang in there, sit there, call my name, call out my sickness, call me out and prophesy over me, have a word of knowledge for me, spin, spin, that falls on you. You're the one who gets healed today. Everybody else, thanks for coming. Thanks again. Roll up the rim, play later. I think that's what it looks like sometimes. If you didn't know anything about church and you wandered in, you think that, wow, it just happens random. Every once in a while, every once in a while, the power of God shows up and somebody gets touched. You know, poor Roxanne, she'd been in this church for all this time, and finally, the pain left her body. Are you guys okay, really? You seem so pensive. Am I, am I annoying you? Uh, all right, so, so anyways, boom, here it is. I love this. It says, pow. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed, Walk. Look what it says. It says, immediately the man was made well. Don't you love that? Immediately the man was made well. Boom, the man was made well. You know, he was confronted, he'd been distracted, but now, bang, he was healed. He was healed. Rise up, take your bed. And the words of Jesus have power. I mean, because Jesus didn't, you know, go through some crazy act or say, in the worship team, please, play lightly. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Come on, choir, choir, choir. I am the Lord. We're just about there. We're just about there. He sent his word. He can say, quiet, shh, please. No children moving. Shh. He sent our disease. I am the Lord your. <laughs> 
All right, come back next week. The sound man screwed up the anointing. And uh, I've been in meetings where it seems like that. It's just kind of weird. You know, Jesus walked through the place. He sees a whole bunch of people want to get well. He sees one guy, 38 years sitting on the mat. Do you want to get well? I have no man. You know, people got to help me. I mean, people got to lean into me. Then other people get in the way. I mean, people get in the way you're healing. Tell you it's not for today. It's not for now. Blah, 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 blah. Don't let it happen. But Jesus walks into that situation. This guy didn't even know who Jesus was. This guy didn't exercise faith in Jesus. He didn't have anything. Jesus spoke an empowered word, and immediately he was made well. He didn't get well. He was made well. The word of God made him well. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't have faith in Jesus. He was open. I need somebody to help me get to the pool. But Jesus walks in and says, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Holy Mackinac. <laughs> Let me move a little quicker. You ready? So he's healed. He's touched. And then all of a sudden, the pastors of the church said, Hey, what are you doing carrying your mattress on a Sabbath? You shouldn't be carrying that. Well, you know me. 38 years I've been coming here laying on my mattress. Well, you can't carry it today. I've been laying on it for 30 years. Some guy told me to get up, and the power hit me. I got up, and here it is. I don't know how it happened, but I'm telling you, the guy who told me to pick up my mat, that's why I'm carrying my mat. Well, don't carry your mat on the Sabbath. Get healed some other day. That's what a lot of churches are like. They treat healing like it's an annoyance. It gets in the way of us serving humbly our Savior who we die for every day. Oh, we're miserable worms. Don't deserve your goodness. But oh, God, you know, bless. This guy didn't even know who Jesus was. So, so they get mad at him, tell him he's doing something bad. Then later on, Jesus comes and says, hey, I'm the guy who healed you. It's you? Oh, who are you? I'm Jesus. He didn't even know who he was. And Jesus said, I'm the guy who healed you. But then he said, listen, go and sin no more so something worse doesn't get on you. Oh, there you go, sin, pastor. Well, what does a guy sin who's 38 years paralyzed on a mat? What kind of sin do you think he is doing successfully every day? You know what he's doing successfully every day? Not believing that it can change. Don't get sucked into unbelief and religion and performance. Don't get sucked in to that ever again. Oh. <sighs> Are you okay? So here it is. Now, what did he do after that? He went about telling everybody, Jesus healed me. You should tell everybody Jesus healed you. So that's one encounter. Encounter number one, encounters where Jesus initiates. No faith, no nothing. Jesus shows up, sets people free. I love those, don't you? But you know, here's another one. And it was in the chapter just before. It's in the chapter right ahead, and it's in uh, John 4, 49 to 51. A nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. So Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. Here's a nobleman who had a sick child. And so he wasn't waiting. He went to Jesus and he said, you got the power to do something. It says he heard that Jesus could do something about a situation. So he got off his seat to feel the heat. And he went and he ran at the feet of Jesus and said, you can change my life. You can heal my son. You can do it. And Jesus said, wow. That's awesome. And it actually says in there, it says that this generation won't believe and sell unless they see signs and wonders. And in that context, it wasn't a bad thing. He said it this way, this generation won't believe unless they see signs and wonders. Remember in Joppa, Aeneas, the Lord heals you, and two whole towns came to Jesus because of a miracle. 
Right after that, he raised Dorcas from the dead. And in another whole place, you know, the whole city came. Miracles, signs, wonders, healings, it's beautiful stuff. So right here, though, it says, so the man, what did he do? He believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. I'm speaking a word to you right now. Yeah, but you're not Jesus. Actually, the same anointing on Jesus that anointed him to teach and preach, it's that same anointing I'm operating in right now. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then you won't receive anything. Jesus couldn't do anything where people didn't believe either. But where you get a group of people that are saturated in faith in the revelation of Christ, nothing is impossible to them who believe. It's true. It's true, true, true. So bam, right there, look at that. He says, he believed the word of Jesus Christ that spoke to him. He went his way, and then his servants came running and went, hey, your son is healed. He says, when did he get healed? And he calculated the time, and he says, that's amazing. The moment that I said, I believe in the word that was spoken to me, that moment, my son was healed. The power of God knows no barriers, knows no distance. The word of Christ can penetrate in every circumstance, in every situation. It's the power of God to set the captives free. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get another amen? Can I get a really big loud amen? Oh, thank you, Jesus. All right. Look, I just got one more thing to say to you. You ready? Right here. It says it right here. Blank. Jesus the Christ heals you. Blank. Jesus the Christ heals you. He walked in, Aeneas was sick. He looked at Aeneas and said, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Now, we had somebody watching online last week who sent me an email after the service. And when we were anointing people with oil, she went to her cupboard and got oil and anointed herself and her baby with oil. And she said she just felt power on the meeting, just watching it, live streaming. And she anointed herself. And you know, she'd, she'd been delivered of fear years ago, but, but suddenly circumstances in her life had changed and these nightmares started to come back about snakes. And we have snakes here today, reptiles for the children, praise Jesus. But really started to appear. She said, oh my goodness, this, this is trying to creep back on my life. So she got that anointing oil and she anointed herself and she anointed the baby. She says, then funny thing is, I think you were just trying to be funny and you talked about an anaconda. But when you talked about the anaconda and how to kill him, and then you said, you know what? You got the knife of the spirit. You got the living word of God. You speak to that situation, it'll go. She said, I spoke to my situation. She said, that might've been a funny story for you, but that story set me free and delivered me from fear trying to get him alive. She's actually here today, but I won't embarrass her. But it's true story. True story. What's your name? Bob, Jesus Christ heals you. Fred, Jesus Christ heals you. Oh, it's not that easy, Pastor. That's all Peter did. He said, Aeneas, oh, look, a sick guy. Hey, Aeneas, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. My wife wants prayer. She's waving at me. Come on, stand up with me. Can I get all those that are supposed to be ministering today, praying at the altars, all those and more, can I get uh, you know, our other elders and people, can you come? And just want to pray for people today, want to pray for healing today. I know we got some things going on with the family group today. I thought I had lots of time and I got carried away. Sorry about that. But you know what? It's so good. God's good, isn't he? Amen. Did you just give me the, the kill sign? Wow, that's harsh. 38 years ago, I was, I was single. So, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. 
These folks are here. They want to pray for you. If I get some other folks, uh, you know, ministry team people, just come on up here. We're going to pray for folks, all right? But just bow your heads. Everybody pray. Everybody pray. Believers, we're praying right now in Jesus' name. Listen, if you're here today and you've never done that one thing, you know what? Your sins are forgiven. You're set free. You don't know what it is to just walk in the reality that your sins are forgiven. You're a child of God. If you've never done that, but today you want to do that, I want you to know that today you can be born again because of the gracious gift of God. Salvation has come to you today. And I want to pray with you before you go. And if that's you, listen, I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And at three, just put your hand up really high because I want to pray for you. You ready? Listen now. This is your day. Jesus Christ himself is going to enter your life. Forgiven, set free, child of God. Right here today. You ready? One, two, three. Just throw up your hand very, very high so I can see it. So I can see it really high, really high. Anyone? Anyone? Thank you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand up high enough so I can see it. Raise it up. Raise it up. Look, let's all pray together. You ready? Lord Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for the finished work of the cross. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Testify that I'm a child of God. I declare right now that I am forgiven, that I am healed, and I am free. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you need healing today, we're going to pray for healing every week. We're going to send you notes out every day, and we want you to get so baptized in healing. But take it. I'm telling you right now, you're healed. Sue, you're healed. Jody, you're healed. Walter, you're healed. Ralph, you're healed. You're healed. You're healed. Jesus Christ heals you. You're healed. We want to see healing. Just everyone baptized in the reality of that in Jesus' name. So, Father, I just thank you for this house. I thank you for the blessing of the folks in this house. I pray in Jesus' name. Father, that your great love, Jesus, your wonderful grace and favor, Holy Spirit, your wonderful partnership and communion would just empower us and enable us to manifest your goodness in your kingdom. We give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.